What's Up Whittier? Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Mr. Christine here with this week's Community Corkboard Announcements. Every Friday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., we have the Whittier Farmer's Market. Check it out on the corner of Philadelphia and Bright. Hey, all City elections are coming up on April 10th, and we are hoping for the largest turnout ever. Wait, you didn't even know we were having city elections on April 10th? Well, lucky for you, we will be interviewing various candidates for city council to inform you, the people, the voter, of who could choose the future for our town. So subscribe to the podcast so you can listen to this city council candidate episode featuring Henry Bouchot, who's running for District 2, and also many others. You'll be pretty interested to find the ones we got. So for more information and for voter registration, visit the City of Whittier at www.cityofwhittier.org. Next up, we have Mom Market. Maternafit presents Mom Market on Saturday, March 10th at 10 a.m. at the Doubletree Hilton, which is located at 7320 Greenleaf Avenue, Whittier, California, 90602. A message from the coordinator. Our last Mom Market was a huge success and we are bringing more mom entrepreneurs together to share their talents and passions on a bigger platform. This event is just in time for International Women's Day. Come celebrate, shop, and support. Our amazing vendors will have raffles, giveaways, entertainment, a nursing lounge for mamas, kid-friendly activities, and more, so bring the entire family. Do you guys have St. Patrick's Day plans yet? Well, fear not, because Hungry and Whittier is hosting her first St. Patty's Day party. It's called St. Patrick's Day Slosh, Saturday, March 17, 2018, at the Knotted Apron at 6712 Greenleaf Avenue, Whittier, California, 90601. The ticket price is $50 and that includes unlimited food, drink, and beer pong. Alright, looks like that's all I have for you this week. Have something you'd like us to feature in the community corkboard? Tag us on Instagram, check out our Facebook at What's Up Whittier, or send us an email at What's Up Whittier Pod at gmail.com. Also, if you like this podcast and think other Whittier townies would like it, recommend it to them. If you have a friend who's never heard of Whittier, it's understandable, so check out the podcast. We have a lot of exciting things coming up for the rest of the year. We would love for the whole community to join us and stay informed for these exciting moments. So don't forget to subscribe or else you'll miss out. Alright, enjoy this episode. Take it away, Justine Remo. Whittier, Whittier, what's up? Da, 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 da. How's everybody? Come on, man, you gotta give, dun, do it a little dun, more. Dun, dun, uh, dun, dun, dun. Oh, shoot, I'm missing yeah. my headsets now. Um, hey, welcome, everybody. How, how's uh, how's the weather treating you, Rimo? Good, Jesse. <laughs> That's an awkward question. <laughs> it's awkward because uh, it's uh, it's one of those days, man, where it's uh, it started off a little warm and now it's cold. Yeah, it's chilly um, outside. And I see you. Uh, I see you walking with no jacket, my friend. Yeah, I well, it's in the car. I didn't think it was that cold oh, until man. I walked up here. Anyways, we have a special, 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 special guest. Actually, first. we're going to have very special guests in the next upcoming interviews. Um, so we've uh, we've kind of taken a, a very cool approach, I think, uh, especially dealing with the community, you know, here in Whittier. Um, we're going to have interviews with our future city council members 
Um, so we'll have existing council members and new council members. And I'm saying this as a question to Christine because <laughs> Christine, she's smiling and nodding. And but we're gearing up to interview as many candidates as we can um, for the upcoming election, city elections, which is April 10th. Uh, so if you have not registered, register now. Um, and if you have any questions on how to register, call Christine because yeah. <laughs> she knows exactly how to do LAVote.net, it. LAVote.net, I think, is yeah. the website. There you used go. to work for the Registered Recorder Office. Oh, yeah. and if you don't get a hold of Christine, you can get yeah. a hold of Remo. <laughs> Good luck with at, that. At uh, 562. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're buying or selling. There you go. That's good. Um, right. So anyway, so, so with that, you know, we got our first uh, interview today, scheduled for today. Um, and we have our future city council member, candidate. Council member. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, I'm going to screw this up. Henry Bouchot? Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> On Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. You dropped the T, so the T's silent. It's Bouchot. Bouchot. Look at that, man. Henry Bouchot. Hey, that was what? pretty good. That was better than most people. Really? Yes. There you go. I was going to say Henry B. Hey, uh, so Henry, tell us, what, what district are you going for? So I'm running for for city council in Whittier in District Two, okay. and this will be the first time that District Two is um, uh, has an election uh, in Whittier. First time in history. Very nice, very cool. And can you give a general like logistics of what District Two covers? Maybe big streets or yeah. So it covers um, most of Uptown, with the exception of um, one portion of Comstock, uh, and then the historic neighborhoods above Uptown. Um, it has the hill areas above Whittier College and then sort of skirting the, the neighborhood, skirting Beverly and up in, up in the hills there, Starlight, Starlight Estates. Um, and then it sort of ends around the 605 um, up in northwest. So it's kind of the northwest quadrant of Whittier. I mean, that sounds like it's, it's uh, intense in terms of having – I mean, you have two big districts, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the third, I mean, because you got the college, the portions of the college, right? You got the whole college, I the believe. Whole co- yeah, so you have three districts, man. You have the business district, you have the historic district, and the, and school, district. the school district. And the hills. The hills are a challenge walking, <laughs> knocking yeah. on doors. Um, wow, but man. we're getting up there, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I actually live in your in your future district. Oh, right. right. Yeah. There we go. So you're talk- <laughs> well, you can't vote because it's conflict of interest now. Cause you, uh- <laughs> no, I am. It's actually the old place we used to live in. We still have it, but um, we live in Council District too. Fantastic. There you and go, we man. have great voters and great great people. It's a it's a great community. Nice. And nice. I, I'm biased, but I feel like it's the best district in Whittier. I wouldn't want to be running for office anywhere else. Yeah. Christina's laughing at me. <laughs> until until you, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So Henry, we're gonna get into so so on the format. I mean, we're just gonna explain it a little bit. Um, you know, we have questions that we've uh, written beforehand. That we've handed those over to you. Um, we'll be doing the same thing with all candidates, um, and uh, just trying to keep it uh, as as standardized uh, standardized as possible. Obviously, you could deviate if you yeah. want to, but. Uh, We'll try to keep it all the same. So Okay. Let's start this off. So I guess, first of all, um, Henry, tell us about yourself. Like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. And that's always the hardest question to answer, too, yeah. by the way, because it's um, it's just so broad and uh, it could lead you in a whole bunch of different paths. But um, frankly, I'm just a, a normal guy in a lot of ways. I have two small children, two and four. 
and I'm married and I'm a homeowner. And so just like everybody else, I'm doing the, the daily, daily grind, except that I'm running a, for city council on top of that. But um, professionally, I'm, a, I'm an attorney, and my wife is actually, too. We met uh, in law school and at Boston College. Um, but I, I grew up in, in Boyle Heights, and um, in a lot of ways, my, my story reflects the story of a lot of people in Whittier. Um, when I grew up, uh, and where I grew up, when I grew up, was, uh, you know, I can only dream of living in a place like Whittier. Uh, I grew up in a pretty unsafe n- neighborhood in, in, in Boyle Heights in, in Los Angeles, and then uh, we moved to downtown later on. But um, being able to own a home in Whittier and in a place like this, in a community like this, is, is really a fantastic dream for me. Um, and I served in the, in the United States Marine Corps um, as an attorney for four and a half years, I got to do a lot of cool stuff there, um, everything from being a prosecutor to leading Marines to going to Afghanistan. And after that, um, settled down in Whittier, uh, worked in the nonprofit sector and the government sector. And and so that's basically who I am today. So did you go to law school first and then Marines or the other way around? Sort of the other way around. I, okay. It was like 2004. When I decided I was going to join the Marine Corps, I was a freshman in college at Loyola Marymount. And around that time, the the invasion of Iraq had already happened the previous spring when I was in high school. And, um, you know, if you remember, that's when the sort of insurgency started in the in, in Iraq. And Marines were there in the, the Sunni Triangle. And, um, you know, it was a very rough time, and I just decided that I wanted to be a part of part of history. I wanted to be with the Marines and I wanted to, to test myself. And so uh, I went into a recruiter's office and then the next summer they shipped me out to, to OCS, Officer Candidate School. And yeah, the rest is history. I, I got into law school and so essentially I deferred um, my active duty time until I finished law school. And then I went in the Marine Corps as a lawyer. As a, I was a first lieutenant at that, that point. Got out as a captain. Well, wow. does that happen often? The way that kind of... <laughs> It's usually one or the other, not, you know, starting it, saying, hey, yeah. hold on. <laughs> yeah, because I was actually a second lieutenant in law school, which was funny because I had a lot of Marine, well, not Marine, but um, some Marine, other other branches, but veterans at the law school who had already been, you know, deployed in combat, were coming back, going to law school on the GI Bill. And so, <laughs> luckily, they, a few of them took me under their wing, but, you know, I remember they'd have, like, mess nights, and I would be... You know, I was just a boot. You know, I didn't. I'd never spent any time in the real Marine Corps, and had my, uh, you know, my eagles facing out outboard the wrong way, and you know, they kind of helped school me up. But yeah, it isn't unusual. And the main thing that happened was um, uh, I got out into the active duty Marine Corps um, with as a captain, and so, and then my first job was to be a company commander in charge of, you know, or responsible for hundreds of Marines. First job. First real job out of out of school, and so I know one of your questions later is um, what experiences qualify you for city council, and uh, you know I'm not I'm not lying when I say I was thrown into the fire or thrown into the deep end. Literally, actually, <laughs> you know they throw you into the pool and tell you to float. So uh, it was it was a great experience though because uh, I wouldn't have had it any other way because within within a year of that or maybe a year and a half I was already in Afghanistan. So it all happened really really quick. Wow, that's, 
And talk about war stories over beers. I mean, <laughs> that's really cool. Sure. So, so what with all this background? I mean, again, having a, a young family, uh, you know, running your own business. Why? Why are you running for city council? Yeah. So that's a great question because it's sort of the implication is that it is very difficult for somebody who's working full time and raising a family and to to be in elected office, which is more not a full-time paid position um you're right it is really hard and um they took did take a lot of soul searching but i just felt in my heart that and and christine and i were talking about it a little earlier that you know that there was there's a need for change um in whittier and, and on that city council i think the gov- our government our local government needs a breath of fresh air um you know, they need some. We need somebody, you know, in local elected office who, um, who is going to represent everyone in the city. I think there's a lot of people who feel sort of left out, and the numbers, the voting numbers, um, really bear that out with less and less people voting every year in these local elections, which is sad because ultimately local government does a surprising, surprisingly significant amount of the things that affect you day to day you can just imagine not getting your trash picked up and and uh, not having you know water or uh the street lights not working school's not working that's all local government stuff you know like one of your questions i think is um uh, i'm sorry for <laughs> stealing your question but um what qualifies you for city council but really there's only two you know age and citizenship right really uh, that's it What's the age? 18. Really? And actually, interestingly, I think in, like, Ohio, they forgot to put the age thing on the governor's race. And so now they have, like, five 15-year-olds. <laughs> no way. You never know. Yeah. But um, I completely vehemently disagree with the idea that, you know, you're supposed to somehow wait your turn or that, um, you know, that there's sort of preordained candidates. No. You, the person who's qualified to be a city council person is the person who gets the most votes from the people of Whittier. And that's it. That's it. That's your main qualification. You got the most votes. And so that, that's kind of what I stand for, being grassroots, being about normal people, um, worrying about things that people in our neighborhoods worry about and not, not anything else. Well, for me, uh, in any position, um, especially when you're dealing with something that's um, – uh, kind of volunteered position um, and more dealing with, with uh, in this case, a community. Um, there's two things that you must have. Uh, you have to have the time and you have to have the passion for what you're going to set to do, right? Um, and I, I think as long as you have those two and uh, obviously you have your list of items, mm-hmm. man, you could go far. I mean, you'd be able to, to really – do things or make things happen. Yeah, uh, I definitely have the passion, and um, it's not just me. It's a team. We have uh, lots of supporters, and my biggest supporter being my wife Christina, nice. um, who you know is just a hard worker and, a, and really has helped me manage this process. And I think I think we're gonna. I, I I don't have any concerns about having the availability to do this right. Uh, so coming into or as as yeah. you run for. City Council, what do you think some of the biggest concerns you might um, see in the city or within your district? 
So I've been knocking on doors now for uh, a few weeks, and the main concerns that people have um, revolve around the issue of safety. And it comes in different forms, but um, you know, some of the things that people are worried about are you know, breaking into their cars. They're worried about vandalism. They're worried about graffiti. Um, they're worried about aggressive panhandling and the increasing homelessness that we're experiencing in the city. And they just have a general sense that something that they had is slipping away. And so that's why a lot of the campaign has been focusing on about, um, you know, what, what can we do to make Whittier safer? So, so being, being that Remo's a resident in your district, yeah. Now, <laughs> what, what would you, what would you want to tell a resident in your district? Like, why you? Like, what, what would you, I, I know I'm going off topic on this one, but, but the next question is, is uh, what would you do to encourage more business in the area? But I like to kind of tag, tag team it with, what would you do to encourage, you know, or, or encourage safety safety, yeah. encourage safety <laughs> to, like to have for both residents feel, and yeah. business uh yeah so i'll try to um, i'll unpack your question uh one one bit at a time so one one of the things is uh you know why why vote for me and uh, i think that's for me the answer to that is i have the combination of the best uh experience combined with the best vision and so when we talk about safety uh so we're, the marine corps taught me how to deal with um environments with limited resources right the marine corps has a culture where you do less with more in fact there's a annual thing where they give money back to congress uh mostly symbolic but uh, you can't if you have candidates who come in here and say well we're gonna pay you know we're gonna hire more of this or pay for more of that you know kind of has to come out of somewhere else yeah. unless you increase revenue which is also a possibility but um so what i would focus on on the safety side is uh to really take a strong look at what we can how we can use data how we can um, effectuate smart policing strategies and also how to get the community involved with um, increasing their own safety so one of the things that I found out in my research um, is that emergency response times uh, among for police calls have actually been increasing over the last four years so starting in 2014 they were at three minutes are we talking about here in Whittier? Here in Whittier. Here in Whittier. Mm-hmm. So here in Whittier, um, they were three minutes in 2014, and they went, they've they gone up each year. And in 2017, we, we're looking at five minutes. And that's for an emergency response call. So, Remo, I don't know where you live, but if you're, for example, in the hills. Central or, Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or even Central Park <laughs> near where I live. I mean, um, you got to be concerned with that. And, I mean... That's basically what I got from an Excel spreadsheet, right? But, you know, Excel spreadsheets are kind of 20th century. You know, we have there's better ways to track information like that and to share it with the public so they understand. Um, uh, another thing I think is, um, you know, really c- collaborating with businesses, with residents um, to figure out how we can attack um, and I don't say crime usually, just crime. I, I think it's it's safety. It's it's bigger than that. So like you alluded to, Jesse, it's about um, from talking to residents, you can you really get the sense that um, 
Uptown Whittier has become sort of a, a magnet for lower level petty offenses and it's kind of mushrooming out into the adjacent communities. Mm-hmm. And that's been my experience too, living just like three blocks from the from, from Uptown. And so I think to address safety more generally in District 2, we have to focus on what we need to do to clean up Uptown. Um, and I don't and I, and I don't mean that in like a long-term incremental um, approach. I think we need to we need to focus on cleaning this place up, like yesterday, and I think that will will really really significantly help. So so some of the some of my opponents will probably say, you know, we got to hire more police, and and yeah, that's fine. We have four um, fake vacant police officer positions, and that 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 hurts, right? Um, but we also look, have to look at outside the box things, things that you wouldn't like. If you ever read Malcolm Gladwell, who, who wrote like the Tipping Point, mm-hmm. um, or, or um, Freakonomics, uh, mm-hmm. I forget the author of that, but he, they got a podcast. It's yeah, pretty yeah. good. They're always looking at the numbers and on trends and and trying to look below the surface to see what what you might be able to do to change people's pattern of behavior and pattern of life um, in a way that's that's going to be more conducive to people being happy in the city. Since you've mentioned Freakonomics, there's a podcast I was listening about listening to, and to your point, so they they were they're having issues with the with the school. They were talking about trying to rebuild or 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 reconstruct a new reconstruct. You don't reconstruct something new. You build something new. You build a new school. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason was the their problem was that they just um, they had too many kids and their hallways were too narrow. And so they're looking at, you know, expanding or, or renovating whatever to kind of deal with that issue. Well, they brought in this guy who actually looked at it from a different w- perspective. And his solution was um, keep the plan as is, but just start letting kids off uh, in, as individual groups. So you have group one, group two, group three. And group one le- goes out first. Group two goes like, you know, five, ten minutes after. And then group three leaves five, ten minutes after that. So now you're dealing with just more of a time management, and it has nothing to do with, with rearranging facilities, right? So in terms of money to, to that you would spend on that facility is more of an administrative administrative uh, cost rather than putting it into a new building or, or construction, which you look at those two. I mean, they're – I mean, one would be more expensive than the other, so – yeah, I think some of what you're talking about sort of falls into the the category of um, organizational behavior, organizational psychology, which something that I studied uh, recently when I got an MBA. And so, yeah, that stuff's powerful. You can, it is. I you mean, you can do a lot of stuff without yeah. necessarily just throwing more money uh, at the problem. That's right. That's right. Or like uh, another great example was um, uh, the city of Los Angeles did um, they did a program a few years back called Sun- Summer Light Summer Night Lights. And all they did was turn on the lights for a longer period of time at the parks over the summers. And it was just, it was a gang reduction program, but it was very, very thriftful. And from what I understand, ended up reducing criminal and gang activity. Yeah. And it's sort of an out, out of the box thing. Yeah. And that's something that I'd like to, to push for too, is to, you know, bring in state dollars for programs that can do things like that. Yeah. Because, y- you know, that. You couldn't necessarily get that money to add, add more police, but um, you can get that money to supplement the the police. What our good police are doing here in Whittier. Yeah, yeah. Buy it or rent a big floodlight. <laughs> yeah, that'll help. 
I'm on to the top of the next one. <laughs> the so, Batman life? Yeah, Batman <laughs> So, So, uh, you know, we, we kind of touched a little bit about businesses, but what would you do to encourage more business in the area or in your district? So I've been thinking about Uptown a lot, and um, of all the candidates, I'm literally the closest one here um, in terms of where they live. And so, um, you know, Uptown Whittier is a major component of my platform. I don't write it, put it in my platform per se, but when I talk about prosperity, that's kind of what I mean. And so I have a what I call a three-point plan for it, um, and essentially the way the way I think about it is um, we need to build uptown around people and not necessarily just cars. Um, bring in The second component is bringing in smart transportation op- options. And the third, we, which we sort of talked about a little bit, is addressing the safety, it, the safety component here, which I think will make it a more, um, you know, more desirable location. I hear a lot of people in Whittier who say things like, uh, I really wish I could go to, I would go to uptown Whittier more instead of drive into Brea or Pasadena and Monrovia or downtown. And, you know, that really makes me, <laughs> it makes me sad because it's such a gem. It's one of the reasons I moved to Whittier and that attracted me right off the bat. And so, you know, I would like to, I would like to push developers to do, for example, a shuttle that, that would bring you to the major destinations around uptown, um, you know, push for electric vehicle charging stations. Currently there are none. Um, push for something like a Uber, Lyft, rideshare, drop-off, pickup location. Right now there's not a designated location like you would have at an airport or something like that. And so, you know, I, I actually don't see much of it. You know, and I'm here pretty much every day. I don't see too many Ubers picking or dropping people off, which I think is... You'd maybe, be surprised, man. Yeah? It's, yeah, it's a nightlight, nightlife. I mean, maybe on a Friday or Saturday it's a little more. I was out this weekend with the wife, and we Ubered from the house here. Um and uh you probably brought block traffic for like uh half a block <laughs> no, no you know what it's cr- no it's actually it were it they whatever whatever logistics uber has on their app yeah i mean it, it's doing the right thing yeah. i mean you you don't have cars that are stacking up um and it's a quick in and out i mean we we got dropped off uh at vintage which is you know in and out and mm-hmm. then we got picked up uh here at my office in the corner of philadelphia and greenleaf and when we got picked up, there was uh, opposite cars mm-hmm. uh, from our end getting picked up. And then as soon as the green light turned on, the the red light hit the op- the, the other cross section, and there's two was, cars. That was just timing they, then. But again, I don't know. I don't know if it was them no. or just what. Well, anyways, the point was that at all four corners there was an Uber car, right. really, uh, and Lyft picking up somebody or dropping off at somebody. two o'clock in the morning no we, we actually <laughs> no because everything closes at 12 man we're, we're uh leaving 11 around 11 30 well i'd like to see even more even more of that and i think as uptown gets more um it gets busier as it continues to improve you're gonna you're gonna get even more need to sort of deconflict that but i just hear a lot of a lot from a, a lot from property owners who don't feel like the city really has a uh Real friendly environment towards businesses in Uptown. I mean, we were uh, we were just talking before the podcast started about um, you know rest in peace to all the uh, some of the businesses that we've lost in the yeah. in just the last year. You know, um, you know, I'm thinking like Half Off Books and Emmy Dues and you know I think maybe even Chow Italia and it, you know there's a surprising number of businesses that go out of business here, and the ones that are here ha- you know have a tough time either expanding or um, or growing. 
um, because really the, the infrastructure is not there, the cleanliness is not there, the sidewalks are not where they need to be, and you know, and so, and so the 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 business environment sort of reflects that. And I, I like to say that businesses here um, are thriving in spite of city council, not because of it. Um, and so we need to be real partners in this. And I think that's partly a byproduct of the fact that, you know, we have not had districts. This is the first time you have a district race. And so with Uptown being the commercial sort of center or powerhouse of, uh, of District 2, it's time to elect somebody who's going to actually look after Uptown and, and make it just an awesome place to come to. Again, times are changing, and Uptown needs to reflect that. I mean, it has to, it has to change yes. in order to keep up. Absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely with you on, on whatever change you, you see, because <laughs> uh, uh, it just means it's going gonna, it's gonna to go in a better direction. Not to say that it's not going in the right direction. I just think it'll be better. It'll it'll definitely or it'll it'll what's the right word it'll uh, speed up things you know it'll it'll make things Enhance. happen sooner. So, well, right. what what do you think? What kind of development do you think is missing in uh, in Uptown or in Whittier in general? Yeah, so in Uptown, I would I would like to see some co- more collaborative workspaces. I know they're work. Somebody's working on. I think Rose, Rose. is maybe working on uh-huh. one, but. I would like to see, um, you know, at least two or three because there's so much talent in Whittier, um, so many talented people who are embracing the, um, you know, like gig lifestyle, um, entrepreneurial type type work arrangements. And they want to go somewhere other than, you know, Starbucks, Winchell's. For, I mean, there's only I love Winchell's here, but there's only and my kids really love it. But there's only <laughs> so long that you can hang out at Winchell's and, and work or, or do, even, do they have Wi-Fi in Winchell's? No, actually, I don't, I'm not sure, but they're open 24 hours a day yeah. um, <laughs> on the corner of Hadley and Greenland. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is not a paid sponsor. By <laughs> <laughs> so collaborative uh, workspaces for Uptown is, are a must. I think one of the things we're really missing, uh, to your question, Remo, citywide, is uh, entry-level housing. You know, entry-level, middle-class housing is essentially, I mean, you know, as a real estate agent, mm-hmm. is um, very difficult with people buying into, you know, increasingly high levels of debt-to-income uh, to finance a house. It It's sort of unmanageable. So I'm not, comp- unlike, you know, uh, at least one of my opponents. I'm not completely anti-development. I just think that it needs to go in the right place. It needs to be smart. You know, it needs to um, be the type of housing that we need to have a well-rounded um, city because we don't want our young people fleeing the city for other places because they can't afford it. And I think maybe maybe even Uptown is part of the solution to that that issue. You know, I know that there's you know the Uptown specific plans allows specific land allows to build up and so that's definitely something that we have to examine whether whether it makes sense to um you know for to make it a place where young people can actually actually live work and play that's what i always say man if you really want to activate an area uh bring housing to you gotta bring housing to it um because really you're creating this this uh this this 
uh, essentially is a community where everything's walking distance and everyone's vested yep. in the cleanliness yep. and the security and everything. Yeah, I, I lived in down. My, so my dad and my mom owned a restaurant on Sixth and Spring in downtown LA, um, a little restaurant years ago in the '90s and most of the 2000s. And the change that happened when people started to move in was real dramatic. I mean. Uh, I, I even saw somebody in front of our building, like cleaning the sidewalk. Like this is just a person who lived there. Yeah. Uh, just gives you a sense of the investment that people have to being tied to a community. And um, I don't think I've seen anybody cleaning a sidewalk in uh, in Uptown who just lived there. <laughs> There's a couple people. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you, we're no same people. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> same. Yeah. So uh, what do you, so with that said, in terms of development, uh, the next question, next question is what do you think about, um, I guess, failure to pass Measure L? And I guess your thoughts on Measure L. So I was a supporter of Measure L, which was the library bond uh, or the, yeah, the bond to in- improve the um, central library in, in Whittier, which is, um, you know, fairly close to where I, I live. And, you know, I actually believe it's, it's south of it's south of my district um but adjacent to and um I actually have a different opinion than maybe some of the city council people who've um essentially took the signal that it was a like a big loss um but i mean in this day and age what what type what programs can you get sixty five or sixty six percent of the vote or what initiatives hardly anything i mean people can barely agree on you know lunch uh, lunch <laughs> yeah, nowadays and so i think that that was an indicator of um, the strength of the, the desire to modernize the library um however it, it did lose and a couple things have happened since then obviously if you have any money in your 401k you're probably feeling a little lighter in the wallet after the last couple weeks with the volatility that we've had and also with the tax reform that ha- that passed in the in congress recently um you know it's it restricted the amount of property and state income taxes that you can deduct from your taxes. And so I don't think that um, my sense is that it's not likely that property owners will be friendly towards a big property tax increase in the near future. Um, I do think, however, that it's important that we look at creative ways to leverage um, leverage the library. I know bef- before we just sort of brainstormed a few ideas. We were talking about well, what if we reduce the amount of library stacks, you know, book stacks? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly, but that's something worth looking into. Um, right now, the city's essentially just saying, well, we have three, four million dollars. Let's throw it into the most urgent needs. But I, I think at the very least, if I were, if I'm on the city council when this is still in in development, and that's that's somewhat of an if. I want to see the children's area improved and increased. Um, my kids are there all the time, and it's just so important, early childhood development. Um, Jesse, before before we came on, we talked about, well, what if we put money, uh, instead of a bond, what if we put it towards the school? Well, one of the things that you don't, um, you would sort of miss out on that, it just occurred to me, is that, um, you know, there's no sort of publicly funded ma- mandatory preschool right now. So a lot of kids either are staying home with the nanny or with the grandma um, or what have you, or probably not walking the streets, but they're, uh, <laughs> they're not in school, not you know? And so a lot of those kids end up at the libraries, they're at the Starbucks. story times, <laughs> yeah, at Starbucks. Um, 
And so I think that's one important thing for me is expanding the mm-hmm. library section. And then another near and dear thing to my heart is uh, expanding the Veterans Resource Center. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it necessarily has to be in the library. Maybe it does. But um, right now it's on the second floor and the behind the stacks, mm-hmm. and it's kind of out of sight. And, you know, one of the things I want to do if I get on the city council is add a Veterans Affairs Commission to the city's uh, group of commissions. And one of the things would be to identify a strong location for a Veterans Resource Center. But that's a great question. Uh, you know, Measure L will live to fight another day, I think. There you go. And one that we skipped, which I think is, is very important, we'll talk about development, is uh, what, what are your thoughts about Nellis? Yeah, the famous, the infamous Nellis, or famous Nellis, depending on how you look at it. It's definitely a Rorschach test for the for people in this city. Um, you know, some people love it, some people hate it. I think a lot of people rightfully see it as a blighted area, and that something would be better than nothing. I think a lot of other people look at it and think, well, you know, there's so, you know, pick pick your favorite project. They want to see that instead of Nellis. They want to see a sports field or you know, a performance center or a amusement park. So I, I understand the constraints. You got to get somebody to build that thing and it has to be profitable. And, you know, with the high price of um, residential real estate, it makes sense that developers badly want to build housing because it's going to turn a, turn a profit. Um, the thing I didn't like about Nellis is sort of the, the lack of transparency with which it ended. You know, the city council really touted all the public uh, hearings that they that they had oh we had so many public hearings and so many chances for you to come and talk for two to three minutes maximum but the reality is like like so many other things the city council does um kind of starts transparently and then ends very non-transparently you know um you know either closed door sessions or through legal negotiations um i didn't like that i didn't feel like we had a stake at the end of it and how it closed closed up I also worry about the traffic. Um, I I have I look with a very skeptical eye to any development that's along a major trafficked area, and that one's going to be tough for people in in my district who are who are trying to trying to you know go into Whittier or even you know trying to go towards the six hundred five. So I think it's uh, somewhat of a bittersweet um, thing seeing Nellis go up. I'm I'm up. I'm hoping for the best, but. It's hard to see that and not look at it as just a way to balance the city's budget. And it's funny you say traffic because that was one of my concerns. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it yeah, a couple months ago. It's like, you know, aside from traffic, I mean, you're you're adding so many families to this community, yeah, right? The demand of the of yeah. those families. Like, what do you do? I mean, there, there's no talk about adding a new high school, middle school, elementary. Um, where are all those kids going to go to? You know what schools are they going are they going to attend? Um, the nearest one, obviously, high school wise, is Whittier High. I mean, I don't know what their capacity is in terms of uh, yeah. kids. You know, kid to to teacher ratio, um, and even if there's any space to build, you know, new yeah. classrooms. Yeah. Um, so then you talk about the quality of of education that the kids will, the kids that are going there now, and then the future kids that would actually get to go there. I mean, how does that get impacted? Um, uh, and you're right. I mean, in terms of amenities, there's really nothing. Um, it's funny because I was just having this conversation with somebody about um, everything, all the good stuff we've lost. Um, shoot, maybe we talked about this in the last podcast where 
where you know we should have a skate land and, and that's gone mm-hmm. you know we should have uh, bowling alley bowling alley and that's gone we should have uh what your favorite place what was that coin place Nico 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 and that's gone a arcade um so you're oh, losing yeah, I want an arcade back that's yeah. I'm like an arcade junkie a little bit <laughs> well Nico Nico was the best deal in town it was two <laughs> two dollars to get in and it was all the games were a nickel. Oh, yeah? So you could just hang out there forever. There's yeah. an ice cream shop next to the movie theater. I can't, I don't remember what it's called. Um, it, it's, uh, it's just right next to it. The, but, the one on Greenleaf? Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm always <laughs> in there playing uh, Super Striker oh, sure. 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, I'm like, can I keep doing that after I'm a city councilman, yeah. you know? Uh, maybe that'll be my meeting place, you know? Yeah, just yeah. have people saddle up next to me yeah, and yeah. just... You know, I'll be like, don't talk. Until I'm done with it, I'll play out the rest of my game. (laughs) Yeah, but those are all the little things that, you know, you kind of think about as a community um, or don't think about as a community. And and, uh, everybody get an impact on stuff like that. So, um, anyways, just food for thought. Um, Let's see, why why should uh, Remo, as a citizen, uh, vote for you? Besides the... The button I just gave him, yeah, right. <laughs> I feel like the cowbell. <laughs> um, you don't have anything bigger, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't see it uh, on the podcast, <laughs> but my buttons are like jumbo size, Good three inches, four inches. <laughs> yeah. um, well, like I, I sort of alluded to this earlier, but I think we just have the best combination of uh, vision and experience. So I'm not the most experienced person who's running for city council. Obviously, there's a existing city councilman who's been doing it for a while, but I think um, it's not just about experience. It's about it's about vision too. You want somebody who's not just uh, you know looking at um, yesterday's solutions to tomorrow's problems. We need somebody who's a forward thinker, who's um, sort of at the at the um, tip of the spear is what they used to call it in the Marine Corps. Um, as far as current events and trends, and I'm somebody who has uh, experience in the private sector, and the you know my parents being entrepreneurs and me getting an MBA uh, in the nonprofit sector. I right now I founded and run my own nonprofit to help disabled vets, and then in the government sector, you know having been in the Marine Corps and then with the mayor's office. So, and that's what really where government is right now. It's about partnerships. It's about um, leveraging private sector trends. And working with the nonprofit community, and so you need somebody who knows what's going on in those those sectors. And I think I can be that person. And then the other thing is just like I said before, regardless of the qualifications, it's a the main qualification is having the most votes. And so we're really in the neighborhoods. We're knocking on doors. We're meeting with people. And you know, I'm I'm not taking anything for granted. And if I'm elected city council, since city councilman. Um, I promise you that I'll be somebody who's not taking anything for granted, that I'm available, transparent, communicative, and just part of the community. Like I said, I'm just a normal normal guy um, who's had a lot of good breaks in life. And so I just want to – it's about public service for me. And so that that's what I'm offering. Nice. <laughs> you get a thumbs up, and I'm gladly wear the badge. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, a couple of just quick questions. What are your questions? I think we're wrapping up. Sure. What, what are uh, what are maybe some of your favorite restaurants or bars? I know all of them are good, but if do you have a go to or one or two that you maybe 
frequent more than the others? Yeah. No, definitely. I, I mean, there's so many to choose from that it's hard. But yeah, on, this, on a Sunday or Saturday when it's a perfect day like this last Sunday, you could definitely find me at Off the Hook. Um, you know, I've been known to indulge in a craft beer or two. And so the cellar is like, you know, you can't beat the cellar. Um, New Canton has the most um, under – what's it? Uh, the most low-key cool bar in Whittier, uh, which I hate to give that secret up, but... Uh, that would be packed. <laughs> yeah. Between the arcade and that one, and then they, <laughs> they know now where you hang out. Yeah, yeah New Canton's a great place because you can watch a game with the volume up and people aren't too loud there. And so so I appreciate that. Um, for food, you know, Zabu. You can't beat a Zabu for, for sushi. Um, and then local fixture, coffee bean... Uh, I love those places for coffee. Mondays at local fixture, you could get your uh, half off coffee till like noon. That's a great deal because they have um, it's either Blue Bottle or no Stumptown coffee, and so I get my inner hipster uh, out of myself there. But you know, we you know we were just talking about rest in peace to some of the businesses that we've lost. You know, it, it's tough with uh, yeah. half off books leaving and. Um, you know, Emmy dues. And I also want to be part of making sure existing family owned businesses stay in Whittier and, and thrive. And it, yeah, it's, it's been too bad just in the last couple of years, seeing, seeing so many good, good businesses go out of business or move. Well, if there was anything missing in Whittier that you would, you know, like to bring, which would enrich the community, what would it be? Yeah, I think we could use, um, another music venue i think from what i understand there's sort of you know your large larger venue um and a smaller venue but that mid-size location um i know some people have talked about um first christian over on greenleaf and and hadley but um you know that uh, i don't know i don't know what the plans are for that but that would be or even just like a small small scale indie type music venue where local bands stuff like that i don't know exactly where but i think that would be that'd be really cool or just um or just a podcast mecca (laughs) just a podcast zone uh no i think that that would be really cool oh and an in and out can we get an in and out please that would be (laughs) awesome um that'd be fantastic in uptown yeah (laughs) talk about traffic right (laughs) you think with uber traffic yeah (laughs) no and the traffic that thing causes yeah Awesome. I like In and Out. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone likes it. <laughs> okay. Well, that goes through yeah. our questions. Is there anything else you want to discuss or talk about that we didn't touch that you want to get out there to all your um, potential, potential voters? voters? Yeah. Just that you have you have the control in this city as a voter. You have the chance to pick whoever you want and it does make a difference and you know that april 10th is going to be an historic day for whittier whether whether it's me winning or somebody else but um no matter who wins let's go out there and show that um you know the power is in the hands of the people and that they decide and that it's not it's not anything else um other than the will of the of the people and that um you know let's put whittier first Awesome. So, Henry, with that said, um, how do how do uh, people get additional information from you? Yeah, that's thank you, Brad. 
Yeah, so uh, henryforwhittier.com um, is the is the place to get a lot of great information. But really, the I think the best thing we got going on is the Facebook page, um, facebook.com slash henryforwhittier. Uh, we got something like 600 followers, and we got lots of good content on there. And I, I try to put it out there so nobody says, well, I don't know what that guy's about. I want people to know what's up. And, and also, like, we're educating each other. As much as I'm educating the people in the city, they're educating me about what they care about and what I should care about. And so it's an ongoing pro- process, and, and you see it, you know, transparently on my Facebook page. That's awesome. Man. And oh, it, you can call me. I was just say, I was just say, because I know you just yeah. did a meetup, right? Like, uh, yeah, we have like a once a month uh, meetup, first Wednesday of the month. Um, called hump day with henry mm-hmm. so location for the march one is not not yet set up but it, you can call me at 562-646-9296 um that's my cell phone number 562-646-9296 um you just reach out uh send me a text even just as good are, are those uh meetups going to be more frequent before election time comes or will it stay once a month there will be some local like meetups at people's homes but uh, right now we only have scheduled those standing wednesday ones so there'll be two more it it depends on sort of just the demand that that we get we got like 15 people at the last one which is apparently for politics pretty good um and we pay for for your coffee and your snack if you if you want to make it out so so yeah hopefully if people keep coming i'll keep throwing them nice so follow you on Facebook to get more information, right? Yep. And uh, we'll also post this on our uh, podcast uh, information or notes where they can find your information, how to follow you. And uh, we wish you the best, man. Yeah, yeah. thanks so much yeah. for having me on. This is I've always wanted to be on this podcast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there you go. Follow it closely. We'll have okay, to cool. bring you on uh, after. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of uh, get to know you a little bit more. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I think you, you have a good story, man. Yeah, so, thank you. Yeah. All right, Henry. Thank Thanks again. So Thanks a lot. And thank you, Whittier. Bye, Whittier. We'll talk to you soon.